Watch ye, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us, but thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous and sober life to the glory of thy holy name amen grant we beseech thee merciful lord to thy faithful people pardon and peace that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with quiet mind through jesus christ our lord amen our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen O lord open thou our lips and our mouth shall show forth thy praise glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 42 is on page 392, and we'll do Psalms 42 and 43. Like as the heart desireth the water brooks, so longeth my soul after thee, O God. My soul is a thirst for God, yea, even for the living God. When shall I come to appear before the presence of God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they daily say unto me, Where is now thy God? Now when I think thereupon, I pour out my heart by myself, for I went with the multitude and brought them forth unto the house of God. In the voice of praise and thanksgiving, among such as keep holy day, why art thou so full of heaviness, O my soul? And why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet thank him, which is the help of my countenance and my God. My soul is vexed within me, therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, from Hermon and the little hill. One deep calleth another, because of the noise of thy water floods. 
All thy waves and storms are gone over me. The Lord will grant his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night season will I sing of him and make my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto the God of my strength, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I thus heavily while the enemy oppresseth me? My bones are smitten asunder with a sword, while mine enemy that troubles me cast me in the teeth. Namely, while they say daily unto me, Where is now thy God? Why art thou so vexed, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet thank him, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Give sentence with me, O God, and defend my cause against the ungodly people. O deliver me from the deceitful and wicked man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why hast thou put me from thee? And why go I so heavily while the enemy oppresseth me? O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me, and bring me unto the holy hill, and to thy dwelling. And that I may go unto the altar of God, even unto the God of my joy and gladness. And upon the harp will I give thanks unto thee, O God my God. Why art thou so heavy, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet give him thanks, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth chapter of the book of Isaiah. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you, according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word against Jacob, and it has fallen on Israel. All the people will know. Ephraim and the inhabitant of Samaria, who say in pride and arrogance of heart, the bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Therefore the Lord shall set up the adversaries of Rezin against him, and spur his enemies on, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. For all, his, all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people do not turn to him who strikes them, nor do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off head and tail from Israel, palm branch and bulrush in one day. 
the elder and honorable. He is the head, the prophet who teaches lies. He is the tail. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and those who are led by them are destroyed. Therefore, the Lord will have no joy in their young men, nor have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh chapter of the book of Revelation. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the people's tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake seven thousand people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, 
The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that make us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal, through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, now and ever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time and rest in quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I am certainly glad that I get the easy things like Revelation and the seventh trumpet, because those are just, you know, things that we just naturally understand and have no problem with. So I'm just thankful for that. Um, I think I want to remind you that when we read Revelation, I've said this a number of times, I'm going to say it again. The early church used Revelation for their worship guide and their services. They used Ezekiel and Revelation was one of their, their traditions. And Revelation, the, the purpose of Revelation is to confirm the promise of God, um, to bring comfort, peace, and encouragement in time of tribulation. So if you have any other feeling reading Revelation, you probably need to read it again or get some help with it. So um, my, my point is that this is a good thing that we're waiting for. And there's a lot of things that go on in here and, and they could uh, kind of, I guess, maybe overwhelm you with their um, allegory and metaphor. But I think if you break history down into two parts that there's the old covenant and then Jesus came and installed the kingdom of heaven and now we wait for the fullness. Those are the two two pieces of history that we need to look at. So when we start looking at days and weeks and trying to make something out of, you know, are these two witnesses, this guy or that guy? And we'll talk just a little bit about them in a minute. But you don't have to do that. What you need to know is that Jesus came, uh, fulfilled the old covenant, uh, began the new covenant, the kingdom of God is on earth, or it's come to earth, and it will be fulfilled. And that's what our belief and hope is, though, as P uh, Peter said, the hope that lies within. So we're looking at some famous passages in Isaiah tonight, and some of the verses that, that we've heard. And um, I, I'm sorry if my picture is from Charlie Brown Christmas, when Linus comes up and says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, One mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And I wanted to mention what some of those titles meant, because this is one of the promises that we have. Wonderful in this, in this, uh, the way the Hebrews use that meant supernatural. So it's, it's of God. This is all kind of divinity related. And when they say mighty God, there have been some people that attempted to make it like just God-like or a mighty God-like hero. But that's not how the language is. And here it's understood because it's used in plural, plural so it's always, when it's used in plural like that, it refers to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. And so uh, Everlasting Father is another one. We're talking about a child called Everlasting Father. And that's kind of an interesting thing to put father on a child yet to be born. But father here signifies, it's kind of uh, a paternal. And it, and it applies to a perfect ruler over a people who he loves as his children. And finally, Prince of Peace. Peace in Hebrew implies prosperity as well as tranquility. And uh, the prince is, uh, is government. So it's an assurance that um, peace will come. And the fact that he's a prince uh, um, alludes to his Davidic, um, his line of David. So a couple things in verses 8 through 12, we hear a judgment against people who kind of laugh off the facts of the impending judgment. And they say, oh, it's not really going to happen. And so that's um, that's the judgment against them. And of course, the Assyrians come and and uh, Samaria falls. So the other judgment is on laxity and it, judgment begins with the leaders and he likens them to a dog. And you have to remember, a dog was not a highly regarded creature in this in those times. And so the, the leaders were likened to the head of the dog and the prophets who were um, 
speaking not God's word, but speaking their own word and to make people happy, they were likened to a dog, but they were likened to the back end of the dog, the tail. So that was even a, a, a bigger um, insult to them. So we get into Revelation and we see these trumpets coming. And so look, look just a note about trumpets. It's um, a kind of a long sound and it can be terrifying at times. And a trumpet blast heralded the ascension of a king. That was, uh, we saw that in First Kings and we see it in Psalms. They were blown, blown to announce declarations of war. We find that in Judges, uh, Nehemiah, and Joel. And at all the festivals of Israel were announced with trumpets and, and numbers is in chapter 10 that we see that. So these multiple associations of trumpets, the people of Israel would have been really familiar and known about those. So just a thought about why the trumpets. And then we see there's an interlude between the sixth and seventh trumpets. So there was like, they went through the six trumpets and now there's kind of a little um, wait before the seventh one starts. And um, earlier with the, um, with the seals, there was an interlude between the sixth and the seventh seal. But what we have here is during this time, um, John, um, he makes a, another declaration of the certainty and nearness of the end when the kingdom is fulfilled at the sounding of the trumpet. Um, John's prophecies, he's freshly affirming it and, and extending it again. Um, he's recertifying that it, it's a prophecy for all the peoples of the earth, not just the Israelis. Um, and then he talks about the task of the church in the time of this tribulation, and namely is to bear witness to Jesus before the opponents of the gospel. And so we get introduced to an antichrist. It's the first time we've seen him uh, being introduced in this chapter. Um, so there's a lot coming up. There's a, in verses 11, and excuse me, in 1 and 2, we see security of the church. And so we've always found that there's been a remnant whenever there's judgment. And what he talks about here, his allusion is to the uh, courtyards. And there's four courtyards in the temple. And the first one's for all people, all nations. But then the inner ones could only be accessed by priests and the believers. So they're keeping the outer court of the Gentiles is where, where they're allowed to be. But they're not allowed into the inner, inner court. The two witnesses, there's so much about them. Uh, some people believe it's Elijah and Moses um, coming back. And, and I have a problem with that if they're going to die again. Um, basically, the two witnesses are the church, and uh, the church has to uh, continue. And the and the whole the whole battle is between paganism and Satan and the church. And the church, I mean, the the forces of the earth are trying to crush uh, the church. And at times they think they win. I think the biggest time they think they won was when Jesus was on the cross, and and as he uh, yielded his spirit, um, I'm sure Satan thought he had won the game there. Um, but then he found out as he heard the crack of the veil and the and the doorway to, to hell as Jesus went down to free the captives that, that he had not won the game. And so then we begin with, at the end of this chapter, we get the seventh trumpet, and it's the beginning of it. But it doesn't start with a calamity. It starts with a proclamation of the advent of the kingdom of God. And so we'll get into the, you know, you'll get to see more of that tomorrow as we get a little deeper into Revelation. So once again, our job is to remember that we are to be witnesses to the world of Jesus, of, of the gospel of God, and to, to hold on to the promise and the comfort and the peace and the encouragement. So we'll continue with the intercession on page 590. And we'll have a stopping point in there to make our private intercessions. 
And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou the God of all who are in any trouble, and especially those for whom we hold up privately. And do thou, the God of pity, administer them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Um, let's see, we had Barb and, and Rochelle and Aaliyah read, read tonight. Thank you so very, very much. And God bless all of you. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Good night, everybody. Deacon Bob, can you put in a bit of a prayer for Jerry? Yes, ma'am. We're, we're at the hospital right now, and he's in a lot of pain. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. So, All right. But if you, just, if you could just give him a little extra prayer, we'd appreciate that. I will do that right now. Thank you. Can I get you off of there? Right. Thank you. I don't get the chance to thank you enough for all your wonderful discussion of the of the readings. I really appreciate it. So well, thank you. Thank you for that. Anyway, are, you, are you there right now with Jerry? Yeah. Okay, he can't hear me, can he? He can if you want him to. Yeah, do that. Okay, let me take my AirPods out. Okay, I'll wait. Okay, Jerry, Deacon Bob wants to talk to you for just. Jerry, I understand you're in pain, my friend. I don't know if you can hear me yet. We can hear you, Deacon Bob. Okay. Uh, Jerry, I understand you're in some pain and not feeling too well there. Well, I'm in terrible shape. Oh, look, he I'm so excited. Yeah. So I'm going to offer a prayer for you. Would that be all right? Oh, yes. All right. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to pray this one. It's a it's a it's a prayer out of our prayer book for the recovery. Of a, I'm going to call it a sick person, but I don't think a Jerry is a sick person. Just somebody who needs God's touch. But oh, merciful God, giver of life and health, bless we pray thee, thy servant Jerry, and those who administer to him of thy healing gifts, that he may be restored to health of body and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to keep you in my prayers when we stop in the morning. You're, you've are you been there every day, Jerry. I don't know if you know that. Well, you've been in his prayers every day. Thank you. And obviously you're there, and so they're not that effective, but I'm going to keep it up. 
Well, he actually is getting better in lots of ways. It's just is a little, sometimes we have, it's the one step back. Yes, ma'am, I get that. And and his, his even though it wasn't a problem with his kidney, his nephrologist stopped by, because he has some wonderful doctors. He really does. That's great. Well, you know, you guys, you guys always tell me how special that I have been to you, and I didn't know if I ever told you how special you've been to me. When I would stand up in front of St. Matt's, I could look at you and feel like there was a friendly face and I didn't have anything to worry about when I was trying to remember what it was I was supposed to say. And I just <laughs> always appreciated both of you. I just want you to know that. Oh, well, we're glad. We, we like, you mean a lot to us and we're glad we yeah. can. It, we can't do a lot for a lot of people, but that's good that we could do that for you at the time. And well, so you. I'm just glad to hear of the great things that are going on in St. Thomas's too, so. It's just some good stuff, and God's working through mightily through Father Kevin. I gotta tell you, he's a he's a godsend. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. I, I, you know, we only see him once a week, but he he really is a blessing. And yeah, he's and, um, he's really something. So I'm I'm so glad to get to work with him. Yeah. Well, we miss you um, there, but we're so I feel Jerry doesn't get to do uh, morning and evening prayer like I do, but I really appreciate it when you're when you're there. And I even if I just see your your initials on on the box. Thank so. you so much. <laughs> That's touching. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off, but I do want okay. you to know. And I mean that. I mean Jerry's in. He's on my list on the inside of my prayer book, and I've never taken him off since we started. Thank you so much. All well, right. Well, you you have a wonderful night, and we'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye bye. Bye bye.